What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of A Wolf in Gates Clothing, hosted by yours truly, Wolf Sending with me, my special guest once again, Mike Phoenix Hero. Let's go! <laughs> Back again for episode two of the podcast. The only difference is that we're both in different spots. You know, it's kind of weird. We're, st- but it's okay. We're still trying to adjust. We're doing little trial errors to see what is comfortable for all of us. You know, um, but right now, if you guys can see it, you guys can see him on here on the little square, and then you can see a game over here. Just have it for aesthetic purposes. That's pretty much it. Nothing more. Nothing less. Anyways, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm ready to get started. Absolutely. <laughs> so today we got like four big topics to talk about. Um, so today we definitely got to talk about the recent acquisition from Microsoft owning Activision Blizzard. It has been an quote-unquote official done deal. And we're going to review about that whole monopoly because we believe it's a monopoly. I don't know what. Mike ha- has the same about it, but we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the recent update of the writer strikes um, with CEOs literally showing the whole cards. Very scumming from under part. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about the Dragon Ball trailer known as Dragon Ball Daima. And then our little sneak peek from yesterday's on Age of Overload on the TCG section. So do you want to get started with the TCG so we could get that out of the way? Get that out the way. Um, I yo, I pulled crazy yesterday. That was, <laughs> yeah. He 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 can tell you, but uh, we were we were fiending to try to get that SP little night. Um, Bro, you have the. Oh my god! Like, and I calculated. I calculated. Like in every in yesterday's sneak peek, the new the new TCG um Yu Gi Oh Age of Overload just about to hit stores this week. Um, we went to to our favorite card shop, Matt Card. Shout out to Travis and Chris for letting us uh, be there, and we we had a lots of fun. I mean, Mike itself um, started recording for Travis to uh, for for video content and whatnot. So you know, so yeah. guys, be sure to check that out for for more videos and at his um YouTube channel, of course. But we got ourselves a couple of boxes. Well, I did. Mike only spent no more than what twenty three dollars. And I bought that one box or part of the box for 70. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for um, for basically reference, on a sneak peek, usually we goes on the kits and boxes and, and it goes on a very, very high price of it because on release it'll be less. But we well, I spent at least for a grand total of and I did the math yesterday, a hundred and twenty bucks. For three and a half boxes, basically, mm-hmm. and and it because and it's because I I give away like a lot of trades, so the trades help me to get store credit and all that stuff. So I finally got it. I guess like I don't know if I did win per se, because like the only the only thing that I like I received out of all the fins was like I like the copies of a uh, of the Diabellistar copy the. The spell searcher, the wanted, yeah, the wanted, yeah, the wanted. Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a playset and it's very expensive, but at the same time, it's like I didn't want it. I was hoping for the SB night, and we were counting down like, all right, let's see for one case how many SB nights there could be, 
how many they could be. And we've counted down and we narrowed down for one case. There was at least three SB nights in one case. In the second yeah. case, there was at least two SB nights. Bro, my pools, I, I guess I, you can say my pools were like good, not great because I didn't pull the cards that I wanted. But at the same time, it wasn't bad because at least I I pulled some decent cards that I can either trade it off or, or sell it off to other people. And then I gain value for which cards I want to get out of it. Yeah. You, on the other hand, you pull OP. And people who don't know what OP is, is overpower. Like he yeah. pulled over 9,000 power level rarity cards. Can you explain us what went down? What went down? Yeah. So in the beginning, people were buying boxes. And then towards the end of the sneak peek, people are buying bundles. The bundles are five packs from a box. Yeah. And my friend, shout out to Lulu again. <laughs> he he bought um he bought the first bundle and he pulled, I think, the Snake Eye Secret yeah. and one Ultra. And I had a feeling I was like, okay, like there's at least one other secret in, in there. And the three other ultras. So I went ahead and bought it for 70. Because typically a box is like 110, 108, 110. Yeah. Um, so I got it for 70, because again, there's it's not the whole box. I open it and I'm like, please get an SP little knight. And then I'm going through and I open a quarter century rare, the Visas, the Visas Starfrost uh brother, the Samus, I think. Yeah. Some some quarter century Sama. rare is um, if you don't know, it's like a starlight rare. Um, it's but like special one of the for the is very, very yeah. hard, even though it was pretty easy yesterday, but it was, it's very hard to pull. Yeah. So I pulled that and then I was like, okay, like I, I think it's going for like 125, 120. So yeah. it's like, I already made my money back if I sell it. And then I have my, but I still didn't open my secret, right? Cause uh, a quarter century doesn't replace the secret that's guaranteed. I'm opening the packs and then boom, SP Little Knight. And I was like, yo, this was the best. This was the best opening so far but you but you didn't explain the whole story as to why oh the one down okay so they opened a, a box previously and people were buying a bundle bundle and then wolf was like let me buy was it the 15 of yeah, the 15 packs 15 so like three packs. bundles so i spent 60 there ish and yeah and, and I, that was and because I, and I was mapping it out i was like all right if he pull a secret here that means the secret is around here and i Pull the cards that I wanted it. Yeah. And the thing is, so the person that got the first bundle in that box didn't open a secret. So we're like, okay, the secret, the two secrets are still left in the box. Wolfie yeah. bought 15. And I'm fiending, so I'm there opening it with him, trying to see what he like helping out Wolf to see what he got. No secrets. And I'm like, Bruh. the last four packs in that box have to have the secret. So I like turn around and tell Travis, yo, I'm buying these last four. And I, somehow, one of the Dragon Ball uh, TCG players just wanted to buy the rest of the box just for fun. And I was like, this man just bought the two secrets for 20. He opens it, and it's the SP Little Knight. Bruh. Um, and then I'm like, okay, what's the other secret? And then it's like the Visa Star Frost. So he opened it, was like, Bruh. oh, are these valuable? And then Travis was like, yeah, I'll give you like a bunch of store credit for it. Gotcha, bitch. And me and Wolf are like, bruh, bruh. We, we were so because again, you're trying to look for the SP low nights. So it's like the box you you like cracked from had the SP, but it was both the secrets were at the bottom of the box, which is crazy. Yeah, that that's the part that um made me upset is like I I I had to calculate it and I knew and I said, 
all right, if it's not in here, then it's one of those four bot, one of those four boosters. It had to be there. One way or another, it had to be there. And if one of us is going to get it, I'd rather you have it than I did. And you did the smart move by going back. We just didn't know that these Dragon Ball players all are assigned. Oh, yeah, let me just get it for fun. Oh, yeah. my God. Is this good? I don't know. Man, I'm like, the fuck? Don't jump in into our territory. Stay your own lane. <laughs> Emotional <laughs> damage. That's the, that, I think that's the part that got me upset. The fact that he just jumped over for, for the fun of it, just to screw us over, knowing that there's a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh players that they know that we're trying to look for certain rarities and they just buy it just like, oh, yeah, I guess my luck is good. Yeah. Uh, hey, how much you want it? Store credit. Okay, cool. And we're like, we couldn't get it for less. And and as soon yeah. as Travis got got that card, Matt all 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 away yeah. charged me that card. That, yeah. was, that was a baller move right there. That, but you, oh my God, you were so upset. And I feel the pain because yeah. you were looking for it more than I was. But hey, because of the combos I made up, bro, <laughs> that we gotta talk about. <laughs> yo, this this guy, this guy proves you that Kashira is not dead. This guy right here. <laughs> this guy is the reason why I believe Kashira is still a great deck to play. Even with a rise art, don't matter. Don't matter. A rise who? All right. Don't worry. Fairmere yeah. unicorns, rise, and all this stuff. Like, don't worry. This guy created a combo that I thought that was like high level IQ brain genius. And I cannot explain it. And I'm pretty sure he can do a better job than I can. But it's we rather like you guys go to his YouTube channel and watch for the upcoming video of this combo. Because when I yeah. when he showed it to me and he showed it to everybody, including the store owners, they were like, Yu-Gi-Oh's degenerate. Yu-Gi-Oh's degenerate. Yeah. Yeah. And for people that don't know Travis, don't forget he is the YCS Miami champion. Yes. So like he he's a top like pro player. You're, you gotta be pro to <laughs> win a YCS. Right. So Travis knows like what he's talking about. And um, because he was saying, like, yo, cashier is dead, blah, blah, blah. I showed him the combo. He's like, never mind, I'll take it back. Like <laughs> this is degenerate. <laughs> and again, it's just Konami. It it's so crazy that those two cards, the Gen and Ken, are just commons. Like, yeah, like, everyone was pulling them. Yeah, I, yeah, I still don't believe that because we talked about it last episode about this Ken again common cards is like how is this like very like OP all of a sudden and then when you showed to me what the combo is I w I ended up going like fuck I, I need to get a few a copies of these yeah and, it, and it's so splashable like it's splashable I, I mean let me rephrase that it's splashable for debts that requires for them to to draw to have a draw power and have a great advantage on their side like Kashira definitely needs that more than anything right now Unchained, I can see people playing it. I'm going to try to incorporate it as well. Um, I don't know if if I will recommend that like um, Vanquish Soul because a Vanquish Soul is more of a mid-range deck which requires them to do like combos using certain attributes. And Ken and Gen is not one of those attributes. Yeah, they're Earth, right? And no, they're late. I don't, I don't know any other decks that will put... I'm pretty sure people would just go find Degeneracy like, if anything, Jesse Cotton is just going to find out some degenerate deck out of nowhere and, and add Ken and get it. It's like, there you go. Well, he really was uh, testing it with t tier laments. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. But you don't forget, like, you have to discard. <laughs> you get to discard one as an effect, so that trig uh, makes his tier lament live. Bruh. Why? Why are we still in tier laments? 
But uh, it's not the uh, it's game. not enough for Horace. <laughs> but now we got to deal with the Ken against on the tears as well. But again, I I seen his video, and again, he was just like proccing it to like discard one. Yeah. But again, my combo is like I'm gonna make you also discard one, like, <laughs> and then shuffle one. Yeah. But no, yesterday let's talk about how how the um, the tournament went. Oh, I think yeah. for me, game one was against Tier Lament. I activated Shifter and Draw Face. The guy scooped, and then game two. I activate shift turn draw face. The guy just surrendered. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> it is what it is. They killed his deck. And I think it was his first time coming back in like a year. Oh, so like, but who was um, who, who, who was the player? It, was it the um, Lulu student? Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, the kid, okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's been playing tier lumens like forever. Like since it came out. Um, but oh, I think he so stopped. That was the, the, the deck that he was more most comfortable then. Yeah. I think okay. he stopped because of cashier, if I remember correctly. And then game two, us <laughs> out of <laughs> at least it was table one. It was yeah, like at least table it was one. table one. That that, that I guess sure. Yeah. And and yeah, that that one, you you beat me on both games, right? Yeah. Yeah. If anything, tier, cash is still good, guys. Cash is the, even mm. I and I started first two games, or it was it game two that I went first. Game two, you went first. And I had, and I literally had the hand, the entire hand to go full combo, and I still went and played through his board, and I still couldn't do it. Cash is still just like ridiculous, even with a right start. I know it sounds pr pretty crazy. It's like, oh, that's because you don't know how to play on chain. That may be true, but at the same time, I actually got a lot more experience. I got more knowledge, and I was able to do execute combos that I really wanted. He still managed to break through the board. I mean. I, I, again, he pulled the Ken again combo in front of me. The only thing that was missing was the triple tactics or on the change of heart. The that's, change of heart, yeah. Oh, that's all he was missing. Other than that, he went full Ken again. I didn't see any of my hand traps. I didn't see any anything that would break, more break his entire board, and he still got me. I mean, but you did stuff because like, you flipped one of my cashiers face down. So like, oh no, you flipped my harmonizer face down, so I couldn't yeah. steal your. You're unchained anymore. You got one of my cashiers dead. So it's like, it was very back and forth. Like, I know a lot of people like to say, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! So whoever wins the dice roll instantly wins. And it's like, yeah, no, it went yeah. back and forth a good amount. Yeah. And then that game two, oh my God. Like, we, we used all our hand traps against each other. And it was just like, Top it came down to, I had I had Fenrir and you, and you had nothing on board. And it was just like, keep hitting you for 24. And then whatever you summon effect, I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to banish it. So that's why I say, when I'm like, Fenrir can win you games. Fenrir can win you games because it's like, I guess like a synchro deck, right? It's like you, you normal summon, you're going to try to get a tuner from your deck or graveyard. I'm like, okay, when you summon it, I'm banishing your tuner face down, right? Um, yeah. And it applies for anything, right? If you're going to XCs, I'm like, well, your rank four or whatever is going to go banish. So it's like Fenrir is very powerful in like that type of game state where, like you said, like it's top decking. Very, again, an unfair card, Fenrir. It, the Matsy of, of the DCG, bro. Yeah, I, I will literally fight that to the death. I'm like, they're going to keep Maxi banned here, but they're going to let Fenrir just... Was, was it Juan? Live. Uh, what was this guy's name? The Rescue Ace? Yeah, Juan. Yeah. Yeah, Juan, Juan was like, try to try to give you an argument. I was like, I don't think it's the same, but you're like, no, this is why. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll give him that. Yeah, Maxi is powerful and splashable in like every, every single deck. I don't, I mean, I can't think of a deck where like you wouldn't splash Fenrir, you know, because it's like if that's what you open, you summon it 
and then and then you then you do your engine stuff because even exactly. if you're locked into your engine stuff, most of the times, like for the rest of the turn, um, I think there's rarely any um, like if you raise special summon a non blank, you can't summon this card or yeah, use this exactly. card. Or whatever. Very yeah. So I think Fernier can be used in almost any, every single deck. You make you can make the argument, sure, that Matt C can be splashed on any deck. I don't know if there. I'm pretty sure there's like certain decks that. They prefer not to have Matsy because it's uh because they might hurt them on the long run. And and like and what if you get decked out by because you're running Matsy against an anti-meta deck or something like that? You know, a deck that allows you to like yeah. right, just keep drawing out. All right, that's fine. I'm gonna keep splashing. You don't have nothing, you don't have nib. I'm just gonna keep doing it, you know? Whereas like Fenrir is a more of a safeguard as to like, you know, if you don't open nothing and you just got the one Fenrir. Hey, at least you could defend yourself with the one Fenrir, you know? Yeah. Matsy's like, draw power is good. Can't can deny. But Fenrir is the safest guard for you to have something on the board. Like, yeah. and, like and, that, and that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we're trying to make sure we don't die on first turn. Like, if by some miracle you open all hand traps and one Fenrir, right? You just mm -hmm. slap the Fenrir, add the Fenrir to your hand. And that could actually potentially... Um, help you reshuffle your deck and maybe yeah. on the next turn if you survive you can draw your starter combo engine and then just go burr yeah. afterwards and in anything they try to remove your firmware you already have another firmware in your hand another one yeah and yeah. You know, I mean you're thinning your deck even though you thinned it by one like exactly it's still a thin right like you don't want to like you know go into turn three and then draw top deck firmware right so it's like firmware search firmware I think is pretty pretty good Pretty broken, actually. <laughs> yeah, it really broken. The fact that it that Fenrir allows you to do that just to search its own self, it's already broken as it is, you know. And again, we talked about it on the band list. I thought Fenrir was gonna be at one or ban because <clears throat> Fenrir is literally a card that you can splash in on any deck, no matter what, and it still can do its own thing. It still can perform, and it doesn't like conflict with other deck engines. It's just a splashable Pancratots, basically. And it's yeah, and that and that and that's the thing. It's not a once per turn the the inherit summon. Like if they remove mm -hmm. your your fair on the board, okay, cool. You have a second fair just special summon it again. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, but yeah, it, a lot of people like you know. There's some cards that's like return to hand. I'm like, you're returning a name <laughs> to my hand that does nothing. <laughs> like, like you should have waited for um Shangri-La to come out. <laughs> Yo, yeah, as a Vanguard Soul player, I will tell you, like, I will wait for you to do a full commitment to any of your seats. And so that way I can force you to return it back to your hand. Yeah, I will never I will never return any of your family, any of your cashiers back to your hand. No way. But yeah, yesterday you proved yourself that cashier is still pretty much alive. Like you went undefeated yesterday. Yeah. Game three, again, round three, who who you went against? Um, Matt. Oh, he, his deck was broken. The branded Chimera. Chimera. It, that was yeah. that. That was actually pretty good. I I don't I don't know how I managed to win the first game against him on the branded Chimera, but the last two games I just couldn't. Like he he got he got the better cards. He got the outs. But what was your experience with you on the branded Chimera as a Castillo player? Um, I won the first game just by like banishing his uh fusion targets because I did like um. I had birth. You know how birth can target three in the graveyard? I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's my because when it's my turn, he can't grab his Chimera Fusion back, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, I'm banishing your Chimera Fusion. 
um, banishing your your names that you can recycle, and then also like the illusion cards that like places like they banish themselves to ne- do a negate. Yeah. So it's like I'm like yeah I'm banishing your Chimera Fusion and your and your uh, negate. It says it's face down like you can't get them back. So I think it's just like that one was more I guess against Chimera. It's like knowing what to banish, like what's going to impact you the most. Right. Um. And I think again, Big Eye is pretty pretty good against it because I'm just going to steal your stuff <laughs> and then win afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, no. Yesterday was very fun. I think it was a good sneak peek. Like like we mentioned, it was very fun. You got and some content that you around. recorded, right? Yeah, but that's more for like Travis's channel. I, I don't think I'm gonna have. I, I'm not gonna post anything about the sneak peek on my channel, but I will post like all my combos, right? For Ken and Ken. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to to that video. You know, obviously you have you got to get yourself credit for that, man. That's you know, shout out to you. Um, and I'm looking forward for that Ken and Gem video. You know, yesterday's locals was pretty good. We got some good trades. We got some pool, great pulls. I wish I could have the SB. I I feel like I had enough chances, but I couldn't. That's fine. Somehow I'll get it. And uh, but at least I know for sure I got the Horus engine. That's what I. That's yeah. what I, the most I was sought out to it. Like I wanted the Horus engine so I can so that way. When it comes to Centurion next month in November, I'm Valiant Smashers. I I know what to get, and that's it. I don't have to buy boxes. I just go for the singles and just and get it done. That's it. I can start playing Centurion next month. Yeah. All right, man. Um, you have any 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 final remarks before we change it to the next topic? How about you, Gil? No, no. I think we covered everything for this week. Definitely next week when we do locals again, we'll we'll talk about our locals experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys, like Age of Overlord coming out this week. Um, it was pretty cool to sneak peek. We'll see how it goes. Um, moving on to the next topic. We definitely need to talk about the new Dragon Ball trailer, which is now <laughs> called Dragon Ball Daima. Bro. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so we saw so we saw the the trailer. We all saw it. If anybody hasn't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. Yeah. Pretty interesting this like trailer that we saw. Because doesn't tell us much other than, you know, everybody's a kid now. Like I don't yeah. understand for what's going on. But before I let let off my thoughts, what are your thoughts? I feel like they're milking the series, bro. <laughs> like, I don't... I saw this comment that made me crack up so much, but it was, um... It was like, this is like the Teen Titans Go of anime. Oh. <laughs> I would... I couldn't stop laughing when I read that. I... I don't know. Like, I... They, they did this with GT, right? Like, Dragon Ball GT, they make uh, Goku a kid again. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't like it. No, that was- GT, GT, I don't think that people really care. I don't, maybe, maybe people did not really like Goku as a kid because that was a stupid thing to do. But I think people really were upset. It was the storyline itself. I guess that's true. But again, like the, the, the first like arc was him traveling just like he did in Dragon Ball. But it's, I guess, it was weird because I guess Trunks was there. Yeah. I like, mean, like, I guess like Team Trunks. Yeah. And, and Pan. So, yeah, but when I saw a trailer, I was like, I don't know why they're doing this. Like, I I don't see a reason because even then, even the trailer, like, oh, we're bringing back the power pool, and it's like, I mean, that's cool, but it sounds like you're picking on nostalgic now, right? Because it's like they're showing, like, yeah, we got the power pool back, and it's like, I mean, I remember the power pool from Dragon Ball, so it's just weird they brought it back, and they're like trying to like target the audience to be like, hey, we're bringing old stuff back too. 
yeah, like I, I first I agree with you on that. It's they're milking it. The other reason I thought from yesterday that that I that I speculated myself was that they're just trying to put out content until they can get to um put out Dragon Ball Super the manga because the manga is still going on. So we yes. we're missing like the Moro arc and the gas arc or the granola arc, where however you wanna call it, you know, we're still missing those two arts to put in the in the in the actual series. You know, that's where we spoiler alert, we see Ultra Ego Vegeta, you know, you got Goku as on doing Ultra Instinct, Vegeta go, uh, Vegeta goes Ultra Ego, and then Frieza goes on his black Frieza mode. Like it's it's a bunch of other stuff. And people are I'm hearing a lot of people saying that the manga is actually pretty good. And you know, all the fights that have been scaled all the way to like the risk are way too high and it's getting out of control. So it's like, okay, so this is good. So when I heard that they announced Dragon Ball Daima, my first reaction was like, oh yeah, it was gonna be like that. But then when I when I look into the trailer, oh no, this is horrible. This is horrible. Like, why do they keep continue of going back, reminiscent of being everybody as children? Like, why is it everybody has to be a kid? Like, don't get me wrong. Visually, it looks beautiful. Yes, Vi yes. the visuals are beautiful. It definitely looks amazing, but. Do I really wanted this? Do all of us really want to see this crap? Like, do we really care? Like, if, like, did anybody ask, hey, you know what? Be cool if we see everybody only on small versions of them, be it kids, like, it's kind of like Dragon Ball GT, but everybody now. I mean, I think everybody was there hoping and hyping and coping is to get those two arts, the Moro and Granola arc. Those are the only thing that people are asking. But I get, again, my conspiracy theory head tells me like the reason why they haven't given us is because they probably haven't finished the manga and they want to finish the manga, you know, without being rushed. So that way we, they can put it out in the studios. And when by the time that happens, we won't see that until like 2025 or 2026. However long this this Dragon Ball Daima is going to last, you know, and I find like maybe they could have just stick to the Dragon Ball the superheroes. You know that little mm -hmm. side side show like that one that is actually yeah. pretty fun. Cuz it's not canon but they're putting things that they they use over the years. So it's like, "All right, maybe it took it to milk that one." But no, they actually went a little bit too far with this Daima. I my expectations are pretty low. I mean, visually looks amazing. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. I honestly don't know because it doesn't appeal to me for me to watch it or, or or I don't really care. And I heard speculations or rumors from others, people that are saying that it's not really a canon series. It's it's like an alternative universe. Just like just like GT. Yeah. So so it's like, all right, if it's not canon and it's in an alternative universe, do we really care? Like why would I care or spend my time on watching the show? And does anybody want to? Maybe the most loyal Dragon Ball fans will probably like watch it and they'll complain about it on the internet. But I can still complain about it even without watching it. <laughs> without watching it, yeah. Like they will have to like do some crazy shit, like a crazy transformation or something for for me to for them to convince me to watch the series. Other than that, I don't think it's worth it. And it's a waste of time and money for everyone else. No, I, I agree. I, I know like they're trying to fill up the void of like 
we have like I think the last super episode was five years ago. Yeah. So like there's a void. Like you said, 2025 might be when the next super comes out. So it's like there's two more years. There's a giant void of Dragon Ball content. But it's like I'm also okay with not having Dragon Ball content. Like I think like Z wrapped it up well. I understand it's like, you know, they're trying to make their money and stuff, but it's like I don't need Dragon Ball content like every year out, you know. I don't mm. need like new arc or new show like every single year. And I think like the thing about after GT, there is no Dragon Ball content, you know? And it and, and it's still gained popularity. It's just it, it was a good show, a uh, good manga. Cause I don't think they need the new stuff to like sell, you know, Dragon Ball. Right. But yeah, I, I think this was like a just weird direction. And again, they, they had Toriyama uh, be a huge part of it so I was wondering it's like like why why he chose this um and knowing knowing how much uh the studios have fucked up his franchise with GT and uh and the Dragon Ball Evolution movie live live action movie which was like a hot piece of garbage yeah uh, um I feel like when he did Battle of the Guards that was good all right good leave it there when he did Resurrection of Frieza Oh shit! Even better. Okay, we can leave it there. And then he milked it with a super. And I was like, "All right, do we really, really want it all this? Do we really care about all this?" And 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 to finalize the whole thing, I felt like, "Okay, end it with Broly. Make Broly canon now." And the way how they ended it by having Gogeta canon as well. Okay, say no more. Thank you. Thank you for giving us. But yeah. Every year you see like a new Dragon Ball movie and now we got Ultra Beast Gohan and Ultra or Super Beast Piccolo. It's like, I mean, I can't, Orange Piccolo, are we yeah. asking for all this? <laughs> like uh, we love Dragon Ball and we love that it ended. It's like, all right, cool. We're good. Gucci, we're done. Why are we still doing this? Yeah. But I guess it's when money talks, bullshit what's right? I mean, Toriyama's getting that bag. <laughs> I don't know how much more of a bag he needs because, like, Dan, like, you already make your you make you already make your money from from the Dragon Ball series seed series alone. How much more do you want? Yeah, and no, and and knowing that over there the 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 uh, the people that work in mangas and whatnot, the arfers, their jobs are very stressful, man. When it comes to writing a content, that is. It's basically they work like what, like over 40 hours a week? Like these, I've heard yeah. stories that they work even 70 hours a week. So it's like, is it worth the stress that you're trying to do? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how old Toriyama is, but it's like, don't you want to be chilling at home or traveling or something? Just, I mean, if he, I mean, if he loves drawing that much, I'm not going to blame him either. But no, like, I mean, he, he loves what he's doing and he doesn't care or doing it. That Okay, that's fine. But geez, bro, like there's so much that you can give us, you know, <laughs> like if anything, if anything, the, the power of tournament, if anything tells me is that the whole freaking tournament of all those fighters from all those different universe, it all tells me that it's like fighter uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Like it don't matter how how weak you are. If you have a chance, you have a chance. Yeah, but yeah. It's like, what kind of bullshit? I thought, I thought we were power scaling all the way to the top that no mortal can beat a god. And you're seeing that a mortal can beat a god. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, okay. So all that power scaling that you've been showing us over the years saying like, oh yeah, every time you keep transforming to a Super Saiyan, you get stronger and stronger and then you can't beat us. Now that's bullcrap because... You're telling me a, a Kefla 
with the legendary Super Saiyan power can match an Ultra and Instinct power. Yeah, what's stopping, what's, what's stopping them from going Ultra Instinct in the future, you know? So it's like legendary Ultra Instinct. That's what I'm saying. And then you're telling me that Broly, one of the most OP characters, he keeps getting stronger and stronger on his base form and he can match on a Super Saiyan level. Like he on his base form. So you're telling me when he becomes Super Saiyan, he he can outbeat a a Super Saiyan Blue, which is considered a a superpower of a god. Mm-hmm. What? Nani? Yeah, like you have to fuse for you to and become a Super Saiyan God for you to actually beat Broly. Like the power scaling itself does not make sense. And I'm having these issues. Is like how, like how long are we gonna milk this shit out? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're telling me a Krillin has a fighting chance? A Krillin level. Fuck. Even a jump shot yeah. level has a fighting chance to fight somebody who has been destroying planets for before? <laughs> That's my rant. Yeah. It. That's my rant. So. I, no, I agree. I, I think. I mean, I said it. Like, I I don't know who asked for this. I don't think anyone is, like, that hyped for it. Um, I think what you said was true, though. Like, the animation is amazing. But. I'm in the mindset where it's like I don't think animation can like carry carry anime anymore. At least for me, like I think I'm more like plot driven now. I think like younger wise, it's like seeing that animation would have been crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. And maybe maybe they're, that's what they're trying to do. But maybe they're trying to capture the young audience to see like, yo, look how cool is this shit and whatnot. But as the but if you know like the every Dragon Ball fan is like our age. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know how much more you're trying to convince me that Super Saiyan can go even surpass its own limits. How many times have we <laughs> hearing that crap? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I'm i with you. I don't think anybody asked for this. They're just milking it at this point. It, there bec- it's, and, and, and that's what worries me. It's going to be, eventually, it's going to hit a fatigue. It's going to be a, a fatigue of Dragon Ball in which you're like, ugh. More Dragon Ball? Like, how much more? Like, what? Super Saiyan is not enough? There's a God level of Super Saiyan? I'm done. I'm done. See, like, and I'm hearing that for a lot of fans, you know, like, they don't know how much more they can take by, by watching this series, you know? But, you know, let us know in the comments down below with your thoughts on Dragon Ball Daima. Um, visually, it looks amazing. Uh, there's there's nothing yes. to it. Like, it looks amazing. Soren Lines, I have my hopes very, very low. Very low. I'm not expecting much. Am I going to watch it? Probably not. But you let us know in the comments down below what you guys think about Dragon Ball Daima. Um, moving on to the next topic. Oh, boy. The monopoly level of Microsoft owning Activision Blizzard. Thoughts? Um, I mean, I think it's a good acquisition. I think they, they, they got it approved because they proved to the FCC that it wouldn't be a monopoly and that they are like the third biggest sh- uh, holder in the market. They like admitted to the FCC, like, yo, like, Tony's on top, then Nintendo, then us. So, and I think even in the court case, they're trying to be blocked by saying, like, Nintendo's not even part of the market share. It's like, well, they sell more consoles, they sell games, you mm-hmm. know, their their brand is bigger in Japan, and they don't have a mar- and Xbox doesn't really have a market in Japan, right? Like, Nintendo's worldwide. And I think Xbox kind of sticks to like just like like Western audiences, right? Like America right. and Europe. So I think like that's why they got approved because they approved like, hey, if we get this, we're not going to be number one. Like we might be like at Nintendo level now. 
Like we might be Marcus Schiffer too. So they they basically admitted that it's like Sony's a bigger monopoly right now, or they just do better that to the point where like even if we get Activision, they're still gonna be on top. I just wanted DJ Hero three. <laughs> Please, Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> they bought Activision. They can do it now. You serious? <laughs> you didn't give a shit. You just want your DJ Hero. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've already started hearing rumors and speculations that they are planning on coming back with Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero, yeah. Oh, so, I, I know Guitar Hero. I have I have Guitar Hero in my living room set up. Well, I um, mean, imagine but, having Guitar Hero with all the all the new songs and all the songs that they had licensed before it is like coming back to mm -hmm. life. So like there is a chance if they bring Guitar Hero back to the new franchise, then, you know, DJ Hero could be a thing as well. Now, my thoughts to this is, is me not coming as of like hating Microsoft because I don't hate Microsoft. Like thanks to Microsoft, we have some of the coolest computer parts and Everybody and their mother uses a freaking Windows. Like, so I'm not hating Microsoft for that aspect. I'm not hating Microsoft that they created Xbox and they gave us the option. Like, if you can't afford a um, Xbox, you could just play your Xbox game on a laptop, on a gaming laptop, at least. Um, the reason my dislike or disapproval of this acquisition is that Xbox has a bad tracking record when it comes on acquiring gaming companies. Now we can we can talk about the the monopoly in my in my head it's a monopoly what they're trying to do because now what they started is that now other console uh, console companies like Sony and Nintendo will start trying to do that move on owning the gaming companies and have the exclusivity as to like this is if you want to play this game this you will have to buy a this certain content. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Nintendo doesn't. Nintendo. I wouldn't put Nintendo in that bracket because Nintendo is unique. They have their own unique games. Like they they sell by Mario, Zelda, and Pokemon, and Pokemon and Pokemon cannot be bought by Nintendo. Even though Pokemon's only exclusively to Nintendo, like all their games is for them. Pokemon is got way too big, big than Nintendo. That I don't think Nintendo will make that move. And if anything, Nintendo will just like continue on with what they got currently. But Zelda and uh, and the Mario's that yeah, that's all Nintendo. So that's why I, I don't worry much about Nintendo. Also, yeah, you have to understand something about Nintendo. They they use Sony and Microsoft products. Like their Switch is based on Sony products, mm -hmm. like parts itself. You know. Um, so like Nintendo benefits them for them to for their companies and whatnot. Now with Sony, like Sony, I feel it's gonna they're gonna try to do their thing. I mean, they already had their PlayStation Studio, so they're gonna definitely gonna try to do acquire some certain companies and buy. It's gonna be a shit show later on in, in this upcoming future when it comes to owning stuff. But like I said, I'm going back again. The reason why I don't like this acquisition. It's because Xbox has a bad tracking record owning companies. And we've seen it time from time. Whenever they own a company, we get our expectations high. All right, this is going to be a good game. And then when the game comes, it's not as we as as what we were projecting. And then Microsoft, what it does is like, oh, we'll blame it on them. They blame the blame game on the, on the company that they, they bought. And they're like, oh, so like we didn't make money. So what's the point of, you know, having you guys? We're going to dissolve you guys. Mm -hmm. Microsoft has that bad tracking record of doing stuff like that. 
That's why I don't like that that they they uh, acquired this new company. And sure, they own all these franchises, but what's good of owning franchise if you cannot make good content out of it or make great games out of it? You know, because that's mm -hmm. what you want. You're if you're gonna um, buy an Xbox or play any of the Xbox games, what you want is playing a good game. But what good does it do if the game is not good? You're 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 just only selling off based on the franchise. Yeah. I mean that can only give you so much, you know. And then on top of that, you're gonna blame it on the developers that you bought the company for it. So that's why I go about it and say like it's a bad move what they did because now I'm afraid that any Activision Blizzard game, I don't know how much, I don't know how much they have an influence on Activision and Blizzard. When it comes on future projects, I don't know how much is their influence, but it will be a concerning to me because Activision Blizzard, one of the biggest game companies in the world and has a good tracking record of, of releasing great games. And all of a sudden, when they the next upcoming futures could potentially be lackluster, mm -hmm. then it's like, was it really worth spending $69 billion on acquiring a company? And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, well, we blame it on the developers, on the company, and we'll just have to dissolve it and create layoffs and whatnot. And call me crazy, but I'm sure, like, Sony, is not to say that Sony hasn't done this, but at least Sony has a, at least a great to perfect, near perfect record when it comes to acquiring companies and releasing game blockbuster games. Like, yeah. Like the the best examples I can give you is like Horizon. I played for a little bit and I didn't got into it, but nevertheless, it still doesn't be the fact that it's a great game. God of War, amazing game. Both the uh, both the uh, the the first reboot and the sequel of it, Ragnarok, amazing game. Last of Us, another hit. Ghost of Tsushima, that shit looked crazy. And now we're expecting a, a sequel out of it. Like, mm -hmm. I, like when I see these game blockbusters, I see hitting them in the game of the years or being nominated as the best games and whatnot. And and playing them is visually executed and selling the point of every other gamer that when you look into Xbox on their own exclusive games, it does not match. Like, I'm telling you that my favorite exclusive Xbox games was always the Halo franchise and the Gears of War franchise. There was like mm -hmm. like the two. I you can name a few more that I that I don't know that they're that are in that same level. But those are the only two that I that I only play in Xbox because they because they build great games out of it. Halo, you can make the argument that they're milking it a little bit and it's getting a little bit too much and they lost the story more or less because of Free for free industry acquiring the Halo rights and Bungie leaving Xbox so Bungie can be for both mm -hmm. consoles. Okay, good. Like the Bungie years were were better on Halo than it is right now. But they did a good job on the last Halo game, Halo Infinite. They actually did a pretty good job. So I'm, I I applaud to that. Um, I don't know how much more it's going to come with the Halo franchise. But again, say how much more can you milk it to, to make a great games like that, you know? So, <laughs> Just make Master Chief a kid. Cortana, <laughs> <laughs> Master Chief, and uh, <laughs> the Arbiter. <laughs> Emotional, damn it! Please don't do that, guys. Please don't do it. Please don't do that. 
But that's my frustration. If my frustration comes yeah. like, okay, acquiring a game, make a great game. But if you don't, then what's the whole point of it? You just bought it just to see who's got the biggest balls. And they don't have a good tracking record. But what do you think? Yeah, I think I think for this acquisition, it was just for Call of Duty. Like, mm. I to be honest, I think they know that multiplayer, I think, is more popular in single single player. I think gaming has become very like mainstream because, you know, right. back in our days, like I could go, like when, it, when we were like a kids. Yeah, I was like I was the only kid that had like a GameCube. You know, most most people were not into gaming yet. Yeah. Now everyone plays. And now with all the streaming, people get into gaming because of streaming. And most of them play multiplayer games. Right. Because then they go on Discord calls and they're all playing the same game. Right. And I think Microsoft is starting to realize that like the mainstream gamer is a multiplayer gamer. And so I think what you said was right. Like, like Sony makes these like single player games have good story, good this. And I think Microsoft is like, I don't think that's the direction they want to go in. They want to go into multiplayer and just become dominant mm. in that market. And I think acquiring Call of Duty is the craziest one because thinking, thinking about it, like, you, like, you know, we talk about like fatigue, but people will still buy COD. You know, it's yeah. like I, I almost have every single COD and I'll play for like a month and be like, I'm not touching this till next year. But they, they got my money. You know, they I paid the 60, 70 bucks. And I think that's what it is, is they know COD is just one of the biggest franchises. And I think all the, with the, all the microtransactions, I don't think it's a loss for, for them. I mean, you think that um, that the direction that each game like Microsoft will be more heavily focused on online gaming multiplayer than civil campaign and Sony will be more of a focus of the single story campaign. I, I, I think so. I think, I think Microsoft's direction is, is very multiplayer. That's why they're pushing out like the cloud stuff, mm, you know, like game Xbox cloud. Right yeah. I think like game pass, the game pass has like single player games, right? So it's like, Oh, you can yeah. play, you know, they have indie studios as well. But I think for multiplayer, it's like they're, if they put it on game pass, that'll be crazy. But if they do, that's because everything's going to be micro transaction. Mm. So like if they put the not Modern Warfare 3, but let's say like the next COD coming out. Right. If they put it on Game Pass, it's gonna like uh a lot they a lot of it's gonna be microtransaction. Or I believe they're still gonna put it on both consoles. So maybe it's like you can get it for free on, on Game Pass or you can pay for it on on a PlayStation. So I think I mean that's what they're trying to do too. It's like, well, if the games I want to play with my friends are on xbox and, and it's free i might as well just get an xbox then it might as well go to my xbox yeah because yeah, I, I think i i'm not sure if they're still losing money off of the consoles but they're most of their money is coming from game pass so i can see like just having cod on game pass is just crazy for them and i think i like i said i think this acquisition is only to get call of duty i don't really think they care about the other games like i know they were like talking about them because i think they even said like um Oh, is it Star Star Stargate or one in the Starfield? Yeah, on Xbox. Um, is, is that like a because is that one of the like, Activision games or no? Uh, I'm probably not right. I I'm not sure. Like, because they talked about other games, but it's like the only one that comes to mind is like Call of Duty. I don't know what else like Activision. The Star uh, Blizzard owns. Starfield is owned by Beth Beta. Oh, uh, yeah. So so yeah. I mean, they they own that studio. So yeah. Yeah, but okay. So I guess I was wrong. But again, I I don't really know what else is owned by like Activision Blizzard. Well, I'm very like, Guitar Hero. They can make Guitar Hero, but that's not I think what they're 
main goal was. Hold on. Let me see. Like, I know I saw a list um, of Edspot's franchises that um, franchises that they now own. Let me see if I can. Oh, here we go. Oh, my God. It's, it looks like a lot. So every franchise. I'm, look, I'm reading it on Kotaku right now. Mm-hmm. So every franchise that Edspot now owns after buying Activision, the list is uh, Call of Duty. Call to yeah. Power, Crash Bandicoot. Wow. I didn't know that one. Dark Rain, Diablo, Extreme, Paint Brawl, um, Front Page Sports Baseball, Gabriel Knight Geometry, Guitar Hero, Gun Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. Wow, they own Hearthstone? Yeah, Overwatch. Heavy Gear, Heretic, Heroes of Storm, Henson, Interstate, King's Quest, Laurel Mysteries, Lost Viking. Uh, Matt Hoff, Matt Hoffman's Pro BMS. Okay, Overwatch, Fanta, Phantasmagoria. Fuck, I that is Pitfall, Police I'm, Quest, yeah. Prototype, Quest for Glory, Singularities. Uh huh. Soldiers of Fortune, Space Quest, Spiral or Starcraft, Tenchu, mm-hmm. Tony Hawk Pro Skater, True Crimes, Ultimate Manager, Warcraft, World of Warcraft. Yeah, I mean Blizzard, of course. Zork. Yeah. The King aspect, uh, some of the sagas I never heard of. Best, uh, I don't know, is best feta or best feta? Uh, oh my god, I can't see. I don't know, I know you're talking about guys. But... Don't flame us, all right, guys. Sorry, best feta, yeah, yeah, commander Ken, death loop, dishonor, doom, elder scrolls, fallout, prey, quake. Rage, Redfall, mm-hmm. Starfield, The Evil Within, and Wolf- oh my God, they own The Evil Within! Holy crap, Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. Okay, sh- shit. Like, and then Ed's about to say Age of Empires, Age of Mythology, Manju Kasui, uh, yeah. Squall. I'm just scrolling. Fable, Forza, Gears of War, of course, and Halo, Killer Instinct, uh, Flight Simulator, Perfect Dark. Oh my goodness, there's so many of them. I think. With the acquisition, like I just went on the Activision like website and they're literally they're like we have World Warcraft, Call of Duty, Diablo, Candy Crush, yeah, uh, Hearthstone and Overwatch. So I think that's like the big six that like Microsoft probably went over because Candy Crush. As much as like <laughs> people like making fun of Candy Crush or like uh sorry Candy Crush or mobile gaming, it's like people are addicted to that. And it yeah, makes money. It's, like it's like, like um, it, one of those like uh pachinko games. Yeah. And, and and I think like Microsoft is not like dumb enough to be like, oh, like Candy Crush people are not gamers. It's like, no, they're gaming, they just don't play like our type of games. But Candy Crush is a game and people spend money on it, and now they're gonna capitalize on that market too. Like now, now they're gonna get into mobile gaming and see like what's the next Candy Crush. So yeah, I think like I said, like I, I don't think they're gonna be focused on on single player. I think Xbox was gonna focus more on the multiplayer because that's what get people to like buy your games too, right? If you're a kid and you have to like make that decision of like I'm gonna buy one console because that's all I'm gonna get for Christmas or whatever, you're gonna pick the one that like is gonna have most of your friends on it. And again, if you're a kid, like. Growing up, I, I had to pick the games I wanted for the year, right? Because I, I didn't have enough money to buy every single game on release. It's like, okay, like I want these three games and I'll save up for them. Yeah. So I can see like you just having Game Pass and being like, well, every game that I want is going to be on Game Pass. 
Because, again, you don't have to buy into the microtransactions. You can always play Call of Duty, like, default skin and have a good time. So I think, like, that's what they're trying to push is, like, get people into the Xbox ecosystem. And they're like, hey, you don't, like, just pay the 10 bucks a, a month and you get all the games you want to play with your friends. But then if we're past, if we're going through that whole Game Pass cloud, then I think, like, I don't need to buy a console. I can just play it on my laptop. Like I'm, I get my money out of it if I get a, a gaming laptop or a gaming PC and play through through there. Then there's no reason for me to get the consoles. Like I feel like Microsoft's direction is like eliminating the console itself and putting all the Xbox games into the PC. And if and if people say like, oh, I don't like well, playing that- PC because of the keyboards and mouse, it's like you can still connect your Xbox controller. To Xbox your- controller. Yeah, and you can play through. Well, I mean, that's what I do. That that's what I kind of said at the beginning. It's like they were selling the console on a loss for that reason because they make more money off of Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Like I honestly, I think what you're saying is true, and I think in an ideal world, for an ideal world for Microsoft, they wouldn't even have to make the console. Yeah, I think they know. Like, there's people stubborn like me who will always play on console. I like having a dedicated dedicated system me too. for gaming. And it, we're like the, the people like I guess Microsoft doesn't like because for them, the ideal player would be like you have your laptop and all you do is just spend the 15 bucks a month for Game Pass. You yeah. might not even game that month, but you still paid for it, you know? Yeah. And I think I think subscriptions is like what companies are going for now, because I mean, I know this is not gaming related, but like didn't one of the cars like a like a BMW have like a subscription for like seat warmers. Did, did you read about that? No, I haven't heard about that. What? I might not be BMW. I don't want to flame them, but there's a car company that was doing subscriptions for like seat warmers. And I was and I'm like, that's yeah, I'm not kidding. And and I think that's what like the direction of like companies are trying to go for. It's everything subscription based. Yeah. Because it's like a constant cash flow, right? Yeah. Because like selling a product, right? It's like, oh, you you sell the Xbox like you know this year, and then you sell another one four years down the road. And that's if people don't want to upgrade, right? So you right. don't have a steady cash flow from your um, from your consumers, but Game Pass is a steady cash flow because you're paying the fifteen bucks a month, and a lot of people, even if they don't play that month or that game, they might not cancel it. They want to go through the hassle of like going and pressing cancel and then restarting it next month when they go to game again. They'll just pay the fifteen bucks continuously, and I think that's what like Microsoft is going for. It's like they don't care if you get the console or not; they just care if you get Game Pass or not. Yeah, and I think putting COD on Game Pass is what's going to get people to get Game Pass. But yeah, th- th- that's my thought about it. Just Game Pass. This this decision was made just to improve Game Pass. Yeah, I don't know. Like I still don't uh, like I like I said. I fear for the future of gaming. Now it feels like nobody really gives a shit about about stories and whatnot. Now it's all about multiplayer and getting into it, and then by the Michael Chessaches, not effectively becoming EA. Mm-hmm. Effectively becoming like EA, you know, like everything's on microtransactions, man. Maybe you're right, and and people are just gonna go like, well, if I want to play online, I'm just gonna go with Xbox, or people want to buy play um campaigns and whatnot, I'll go with Sony and PlayStation. If I want to play like Pokemon and Zelda, I'll just go to Nintendo. I don't know. I don't I don't like it because of the expectations of the game quality it's going to be now it's going to be very mediocre and that can affect 
the sales for all those game developers or the game developers, mm -hmm. it's going to affect them. See how far this whole, you know, online stretch of gaming up is going to last. You know, maybe it's, it will last forever. Maybe. But I'm not being very optimistic about it unless it's been proven otherwise. Right now, all I'm seeing is a cash grab. Like, this is the perfect opportunity. And I don't think they're going to make the the revenue or the loss that they got on the $69 billion just by buying all these games. And if anything, it's going to show them, like, like what every decision that they make just to acquire this, just to have the biggest boss is going to ultimately, like, backfire them. Like, it has backfired with mm -hmm. other game companies. This will probably yeah. be, no diff be any no different. But, you know, I guess and time will tell. I'm not happy about it. I'm not thrilled. But guys, let us know in the comments down below what your thoughts about this acquisition. Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? Explain it to us. Give us your thoughts. You know, let us know on the comments down below. Um, the last topic before we wrap this up, guys, let's talk. Let's give a little bit quick talk about the sack fraud movement mm -hmm. that just happened. So we have a recent update. So last time. Um, episode zero, we have talked about like the the writers managed to reach an agreement with um these CEO film companies, you know, saying like, all right, we reach an agreement, which is reasonable for both parties. So the strike ended for the writers. Now it's not the same with the actors. The actors are still <laughs> fighting, and they gave uh they give away so, uh, like a like a good deal for the CEOs and the CEOs just rejected it. And in anything, the CEOs demonstrated the whole cards of how greedy bunch of mother efforts these guys really are. So like what I saw and I, and I got this from um, from Culture Graves. Shout out to those guys. Um, so their update basically says, um, so SAC after says that the studios are refusing to continue negotiations on um, the actors. We're, there's already a deal with the writers, but now it's with the actors. And it says that mm -hmm. studios made an offer worth less than the one proposed before the strike, which is kind of shitty. Studios refuse to protect actors from being replaced by AI and demand use of performers' digital replica for an entire cinematic universe or franchise. What SAG After proposed will cost the studios less than 57 cents per subscriber each year. And in more and more into it, negotiations have been reported in a snack saying that the studios don't think it's reasonable for actors to get 2% of their streaming revenue and no agreement yet on the use of AI. Um, what are your thoughts, man? Companies are greedy. I will, I will always <laughs> say that. Like, yeah, I, I think people have to understand it's like, you know, as much as like companies like try to act like they're nice or they care at the bottom line, it's like they have to answer to the stockholders and their board members. And, you know, it, it could be that like, um, I'm not sure about unions, but actually, I, I believe everyone in this, all, all the studios have to agree on the union, right? Right. And I think, I think a lot of people are saying like Netflix is the one that's like keeps, saying no to a bunch of it yeah. now it could I mean, be like other companies disney as well disney yeah again, i'm not i'm not keeping up that much but from what i heard was netflix again netflix disney and it makes sense um especially with um i mean disney is known to like be one of the lobbyists to push things from stopping mm. um to stop things from going to the public domain right 
like if people don't know public domain is like when you copyright like a work um after i think maybe 100 years it can be, it's free for public use and i think that's what they want is like they make these universes and they want to keep actors in them and when the actors don't want to be in the universe anymore now they can be like oh well we don't need you because we got the ai to do it you know right they don't they don't have to and again they don't have to negotiate you know with um like with tony stark right he don't he don't want to do the movies anymore oh but we want iron man still well we'll just do ai iron man you know we, we don't need the uh, robert downing jr yeah and i think that's what it's coming down to is like they're making these big cinematic universes and they're trying to keep people in them and again it's no longer well now i have to negotiate you know this multi-million contract with the actor now it's just oh you don't like my demands well we'll just do an ai of you and i think like i, I again um I don't like AI actors. It looks goofy no, to me. It's, it's yeah, stupid. It's, it's really stupid. Like they, but again, like e- a e- show, like a series that's been, it's literally putting out there to the public. I forgot what was the name. I think it was a Disney show or something that they literally use AI generated people, like create it, and they add it all around on the stands because it was a basketball game. And they just added people into it, and they looked. So so fucking robotic and ugly. And it was just like the worst of the worst. Like that's mm. so horrible. Instead of you could have just hire extras. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. I, like, and as what I don't understand is like, even if they want to like save money and not hire people, right? It's like, well, if you stop hiring people, how are people going to buy your product? Like, oh, like no one was, you know, like every single Disney movie from now on is AI. It's like, Okay, but what about all the extras, all the, you know, the people how to do that? Like, they make money so they could buy, you know, like subscription and stuff like that. So it's like, when you take away those jobs, it's like, oh, well, how are they going to buy Disney Plus, you know? And that's just for any market. That's not just for, like, streaming. Exactly. It's like, if, you don't em- if you don't employ people, then people don't have money to buy your product. Like, you're trying to opt, like, now you're, they're trying to optimize their gains, but then realize they're, you can't have gains if people can't buy your product, period. And I think, like, yeah, I, I, they they need to ban AI, not ban AI per se, but no, I think regulate. The, they need to regulate. regulate yeah, yeah, which is yeah. a good thing because I've I've recently just heard that there's a a new bill that it's about to pass or it's gonna pass. One way or another, mm-hmm. they have to pass it. There's a new bill. It's called the the No Faked No Fakes Act, and it's being proposed to protect actors, singers, and others from having their voices and likeness become AI generated. If passed, it'll hold people, companies, and platforms liable if they produce or host digital replicas without consent. Yeah. That yeah. Um that needs to happen. That yeah. definitely needs I mean, like, to happen. Because I think I think yeah, for, for that type of stuff, like AI should not exist. Like you shouldn't have to replicate. Like I, I work in tech and I believe like AI, AI is good. And I think this is a misuse of AI just to yes. be like, oh, I, I want this actor because he don't want to work or he or she don't want to work with us anymore. Let's just, you know, it's like now they can put Iron Man in, in every, you know, Marvel movie because they have an AI that can put, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Right. Like what's stopping them from doing that other than like, you know, re- like they have to regulate that. Right. Um, right. Because it's like now because now it makes your argument or your negotiation weaker. Right. Because now, oh, I'm trying to negotiate a better, you know, pay. And it's like, oh, well, I don't want to pay you that so i'll just put an ai of you in it instead exactly like, now you can negotiate your your salary you can negotiate this that so yeah i think regulating it in like entertainment field definitely definitely is needed yeah no like 
this is and it just shows you the level of greeniness and how cheap these CEOs of these studios are trying to be with actors and maybe not just actors it's with everybody anything that's below them like they're trying to mm-hmm. they're money hungry uh, cotsuckers these guys are really they just showed their it did shows if anything it's a horrible publicity on their behalf and that could potentially mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it will but it could potentially hurt their pockets um and and the ways and the thing is, is like I'm looking at some of these contracts, like at least browsing and what it, what it's being explained to me. They seem kind of reasonable. Like they're not asking for, they're not asking like I want fifty percent of whatever you make on the streams. No, they're asking two percent, less than two percent of what they make. And and it's incredible how these money hungry CEOs keep saying like, no, that's not that's not reasonable. It's like, dude, what the hell? Like, you guys make billions of dollars every year. Yeah. What? And and the the worst excuse I've been hearing from Bob Iger, the CEO, the current CEO of Disney. Everybody used to tell me that Bob Iger was one of the best CEOs in Disney in a long, long time, and he retired and gave it to his like. His like his apprentice, and then his apprentice messed everything up, and he, he had to unretire to clean up the work. And I thought I was like, okay, good, he's gonna clean things up, and he's gonna be good and whatnot. But then here I come out and find out that he's been openly speaking, saying stuff like, I don't think these guys are being very reasonable. Like what their demands are is like unpredictable. It's unreasonable. We can generate like we're still recovering for the pandemic. That is the biggest excuse that I've been hearing a lot recovering from the pandemic pandemic. like i've made a calculation as to like all right let's just say how how much of of they make on a disney ticket disney tickets on magic kingdom alone magic kingdom alone they potentially more or less earn 80 billion dollars 80 billion dollars on magic kingdom on magic kindom alone a year $80 $80 billion. Mm-hmm. I haven't even counted on the other theme parks like Animal, Disneyland, or Hollywood Studios, or Epcot, and what other crap they have. A year, $80 billion. Bruh. But no, we're still recovering from the pandemic. <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> what kind of lame-ass excuse is that? Like, if you're telling me yeah. on a multi-billion dollar franchise that, hey, let me remind you, they bought 20, 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. They own 20th Century Fox, and it was for $90 billion. They own, and they own Hulu, and they own any of these other franchises, and they own partially yeah. ESPN and ABC. Yeah. Yet, we're still recovering from the pandemic as a multi-billion dollar franchise. You give me that excuse, you are one of the biggest suckers I've ever met in my life. Also, when is losing- he recovering... Huh? They mean it like when it this, it's about recovery, right? Yeah. They're not in the negative. They're just not making, they're claiming to not make as much money as before. But it's like recovering doesn't mean that they're losing money or bleeding out. It just means that they aren't making as much as they were. So it's like you're still making money. You can still like afford to pay your actors and writers. Right. Even if you're not making like it's like, oh, well, we made 10 billion less. It's like, okay, but you still made like 80 billion overall you like you, you can pay your people so so it's like it's oh, just so crazy for them to 70 say and last year you made 80 you still got 70 yeah like what 
So when they, I hear these excuses of saying we're still recovering, it's like, bro, the pandemic happened three years ago. We're about to hit four years now. Yeah. I built a multi-billion dollar company. You're telling me you haven't recovered and you're not in the clear. You get the biggest congratulations. You played yourself. Congratulations. Yeah. You played yourself. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't need, I'm like, I'm dumbfounded when I hear it. And then looking at this and then saying like, it's unreasonable. And me want to use their likeness in the eye. It's like, bro, you know what would have happened a few years ago if we would have incorporated those likeness? Would have would have never had a, a Ben Affleck or a Matt Damon because Matt Damon mm -hmm. and, and Ben Affleck, they started out as behind the scenes actors. Two of the greatest actors of our, of our generation making like blockbuster movies. Mm -hmm. We would have never had a we wouldn't have the Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. So if they do that, we will never know if we got the next a the next Ben Affleck or the next Matt Damon or sorts or whatnot. This, but they don't they, they don't care about that because they hope that their AI can create the next Ben Affleck or the next Matt Damon. That's what they want. They want it to create it. <laughs> if they if they can, they would. Good for them. It's not gonna help them on their sales. If I it, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna, they're gonna sink more money and they're gonna regret the decision. They'll be like, oh, we were wrong. Can you guys come back and do this? It's like you, you then you had to pay the actors and you're already on the negative. Like you're trying to do extra stuff so you can avoid the extra stuff. Cutting corners in a sense, basically. So they can still get yeah. pocket their own money. So I'm like, I don't know. This, this is a very messy situation of what's happening. And and I really, really hope that that the government starts regulating this, the use of AI when it comes to their likeness and whatnot and their image. Because yeah. that's very important. That's very important. Imagine, you know, they get, they create an AI ver generated version of Michael Jackson and then they'd be putting all these shows for Michael Jackson. People will buy it and then the Michael Jackson people, the estate itself, don't get any money out of it. Yeah. It, it's getting out of hand, the AI use. Thankfully, hopefully it, it passes the the law, the no fake acts. You know, I think they're going to have to do it because otherwise it's going to create pandemonium all around. And and let me tell yeah. you, like, I don't know how long, how long these CEOs are going to last. They have to cave. Like, they already cave with the writers. They have to cave with the actors because yeah. how are you going to make a movie if you got no actors that they're willing to go? Yeah. If every actor tell, in the world tells you no, how are you going to make the next movie? That Yeah. Don't forget, like like I mentioned earlier, like the CEOs have to answer to the to the board and to the shareholders. I think at some point they're gonna be like, "Yo, you haven't made a movie in a year, in two years." Like you have to like agree to the terms, you know, because like, you can't just bleed out your shareholders too, because then they'll just kick out the CEO and be like, "Okay, like you lost us X amount." And I think that's why like, the writer strike, like they caved in because it was what three, three, four months into it and it's like they literally had to go to your shareholders and be like for a whole quarter we made zero we actually like lost millions Money. yeah when their demands would have cost less than what we bled out this quarter yeah. you know and i think that that that's like the equilibrium or whatever they're trying to reach and i think it's going to happen like you said they're, they're going to cave into the the actors guild eventually which is good right because then the writers are i'm right. sorry the actors are going to get what they want which is good but it's just stupid, like, they have to be on strike, literally picketing and stuff just to get, like, decent and fair in fairness. Mm -hmm. I agree, man. Um, and any any final remarks about this? <laughs> no, other than to the companies, just, just agree to it so people can start working again, you know? Like, the actors want to act again, you know? They want to be part of the stories, be part of the, you know, 
work with the writers, you know. Yeah. They want to make movies. They want to make TV shows and they can't just, just agree to it because you're going to agree with it in a couple of months. So you might as well just agree with it now. Exactly. It yeah. makes no sense to continue to to like stall just for just to show them how much more power we got. See how the biggest balls we got here. Like makes mm -hmm. no sense. Just yeah, eventually they have to cave because they have no other choice. You know, the union is actually powerful and and it's on everybody's side on the union. So and it's gonna make them even look worse. And like you said, shareholders are gonna be like, "Hey, yo, you're making us look bad. Do something. Like stop what you're doing." Go mm -hmm. do something. We don't want to lose money. We'll see in in the next upcoming months. See what what goes on. Um, but let us know in the comments down below what you thought, what you think about this. Um, we're gonna wrap this up right here, man. Thank you very much for coming over to the show once again, man. No problem. I love being on the show. So absolutely, you guys are gonna see me see me more. <laughs> absolutely, you guys are gonna see Mike much more frequent as usual as our special and recurring guests. You know. Um, other times you're going to see other rotating guests. We're going to try to switch it up and whatnot. But in the meantime, you're going to be seeing a lot of Mike, you know, uh, be sure to go to, go to Mike's channel at youtube.com slash Mike Phoenix hero. I'm going to leave the, the link on the description down below. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. And remember every week as a brand new episode, we're brand new topics. So always remember to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at youtube.com slash at AWGC podcast or awgcpodcast.com I'll figure out a better acronym other than that but we'll we'll discuss that later down the road Um, and yeah guys comment down below let me hear our thoughts share our experiences if you guys got a specific topic you want us to cover and talk about please let us know in the comments down below we'll do our best to talk about it on the next episode so guys thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you guys in the next one alright peace peace